Liverpool Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. How are you, friend? I am hanging in there. I've mostly been laying low. As some of you might know, I've been recovering from a couple of surgeries that I've had. But overall, I can't complain. I'm trying to stay positive, and I hope you're staying positive too. I decided to pull out this interview for you all to listen to. If I had to pick who I thought the greatest female vocalist in the world would be, it would have to be Nana Muscuri. In the United States, she's not as well known as some of the other singers. I discovered her music on a personal level from the duets album that she did with Harry Belafonte. I just thought she had such an incredible voice. It led me down a path of discovery listening to her music. To tell you a little bit about Nana Muscuri, according to the music website allmusic.com, she is the biggest selling female vocalist of all time. It's a very unique story. She speaks and sings in a lot of different languages, Greek, French, English, Spanish, Italian, German, Dutch, many, many languages. She's got fans throughout Europe, Asia. She's recorded approximately 450 albums and an astonishing 2,000 songs, and that makes her one of, if not the most prolific recording artist in the world. Some of the people who have called themselves fans of Nanamus Curry in addition to myself, would be Harry Belafonte, as I mentioned, Bob Dylan, Barry Manilow, Julio Iglesias, Joan Baez, the cream of the crop. The styles that she sings in, also very vast. Jazz, French cabaret songs, a lot of songs that were made famous in movies, classical and operatic pieces, She did a fantastic gospel album that I have, and of course, songs from her native Greece. You're going to find that she's a very humble woman. When I asked her about how many albums she has sold around the world, she said that it was around 200 million, but there are a lot of journalists that believe the number could be over 300 million copies worldwide. Nana Muscuri is definitely a legend in the world of music. She's been an international sensation for years. I hope you enjoy our interview. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our pleasure to welcome our very special guest, Nana Muscuri. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for inviting me. That was really wonderful when I heard that you would like to talk to me. Well, I can tell you it's very much an honor. Who is Nana Muscuri? <laughs> it had a um, singer. And um, I became a singer because I was very shy and I, I, I didn't, I was afraid. I was, um, uh, you know, I'm a girl from the war. I was uh, born very close to the Second World War. So I was very introverted and the singing has Started to help me to to become uh, me to be listened and to become somebody. So this is the Nana Muscuri. I became the person I am from my songs, from my singing, and from the wish to uh, 
try to find uh, friendship, trying to find love, trying to find uh, life, happiness, and uh, get to know people, communicate. So this is now school. The songs that you have sung, the types of songs, have been everything from classical songs, songs for movies, Christian and religious songs, and folk songs. Is there a certain type of music that you find the most meaningful? I think that music is, is a really a big source of, of, of inspiration for me. And from the beginning, of course, I was brought up with the, from the films, the films that I used to see my father was a projectionist. So, so I in a, in a movie, and so I used to to, to watch films, uh, all sorts of films, and of course, one of the most important films that I saw as a, as a young girl was uh, The Wizard of Oz. So I I became a sort of uh, Dorothy. So you see, so I came to the world uh, to the world uh, singing and trying to find if love exists. But so so. The music for me was one step at the beginning was rather film songs from the the movies. Then I tried to listen. I mean, I was listening around. There was Greek Greek music at the time, popular music, you know, in the in the late forties, uh, beginning of the sixties, of the fifties, excuse me. And so I I came into that. But most of all, I was in, influenced by jazz. You know, after the war, a lot of American music uh, was playing around the world, and of course in Europe a lot. So the jazz was the first that uh, that, that uh, influenced me. So I was copying uh, Fitzgerald, uh, uh, Billie Holiday, all the all, all the great singers of the time. But then I came into the Greek music, which was. Uh, it was a modern music, very original, because it was the, the, the first time that this type of music existed in Greece, and it was a mixture of, of traditional and uh, modern. It was influenced by the, by the tradition and Byzantine music, but it was very modern, very inspired by a composer called Manos Hatzidakis and a writer, poet, who was Nikos Tatos. So... That was the time I became a singer, and from then on, I, because I, I started to travel as well, invited to countries, I started to learn other styles of music, and for me was to go further, to learn more the styles of the music, than because, you know, that was the, the only reason I wanted to, to learn, because if you don't learn, you go backwards. You cannot stand uh, still. So, so by learning, I, I was going from one style to the other, and at the end, I became that sort of singer. So I cannot say that I'm this type of singer. It, it, it's it's this style I prefer. That depends from the song, the times we are living. You know, it was quite normal to be influenced by. John Baez, by Dylan, in the 60s, and, and the Beatles. But in the 50s, it was really much more Elvis Presley for me, you know, that, that I would uh, follow up. And, and the style of music, he was playing that. And, of course, Harry Belafonte, uh, with his music, because I, I went on stage with him very early in, in my life. So these were influences, for me, very 
evidence. And of course, afterwards I went into the country because so 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 interesting as music to to sing country as well. So it was much more the feeling to learn and sing because I like it than because I thought it was another style. But it's the richness of of the music that I was receiving from from the styles that that that, that was interesting for me. You mentioned Harry Belafonte. You recorded this album with him, An Evening with Belafonte and Miss Gurry. What was the experience of making that album like? I think uh, Harry Belafonte was not only to sing live. It was really, uh, first of all, I was really young uh, at the time, and I, I did not have experience, especially on stage. And Harry Belafonte is one of the most extraordinary um Singers, uh, artists, you know, that, that on stage, his presence is magnificent and also his uh, ability to present the show, his experience, his uh, grace, because he has a lot of taste. Everything is really with the way he does it, the way he approaches the, the audience and the respect that he has for this and the people who come to listen to him. So that was a big school for me. But it was a big school as well to to uh, sing with him on stage. It's the importance that he he phrases, the importance, that the inspiration that he has when he sings, and how he uses his voice, how he stands, how it, 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 it following him, it, you learn you know so much, the, and also. The style of music he was uh, he was singing because up to this point, uh, of course, I did sing my Halia Jackson songs and and different other like jazz singers, of, of course, as well, but also gospel. But with him, uh, for instance, it was uh, the folk gospel because when I sang uh, Wayfaring Stranger, I mean, he gave me the idea to sing that. You see, it was uh, you don't sing very easily, but you go directly to the school with Wayfaring Stranger, you know, it's, it's uh... so Harry was one, the stage um, influence, and then Quincy, I think it was Quincy Jones, it was the most precious school as well as I had in the music and in the in the way you sing, the way you express, the way you you uh, do it right because if it's not real, he does not accept. He did not accept it. You see, you uh, he was always there. No, you have to convince me. You know, and and this is so important. You have to find a way to believe in what you're doing. So if not, you you you're not good. You know, you you and and it. It, it was, as I said, of course, today, uh, 25 years old, you're not very, very young because uh, the youngsters say they grow up faster, you know, it's, uh, much, but for me, in, in these days, it, it was, I was quite young and ready to learn. So I may say that I was really, uh, like, brought up in the United States somehow because in two years, it was the 62 with Quincy and then 63 I started with Harry. It, it was, and for two or three years more, 
uh, it was really a big time of schooling, you know, for for, for me. It, it was wonderful. I mean, it really. What about the work you did with the French composer Michel Legrand? Yes. That was so. I met Quincy Jones at the same time with Michel Legrand. So he was another school, and I and I must say that uh, Manos Hadzidakis and Nicolas Gatos, as I said, it was my my first Greek school. There I got my identity. So then I met Quincy and Michel Legrand. It was almost at the same time that um, I came first to to the United States, and then. For Quincy, and then I came back and started to be in the studio with Michel Legrand and do the Parapluie de Cherbourg, and then the, the duets I did with him and some more work that because we worked a lot with Quincy with um, Michel Legrand. So Michel Legrand is also as genius as as my other friends uh, that I named up to now. And, and Michel Legrand is also a great musician, very inspiring. And he is a great composer as well. And he was as as uh, important, you know, in uh, singing with him because he's not an easy person. Okay, you sing, that's right. No, they get to the depth of of the song, of the act that you have, and because they know that that you have something. They, they come to you to get something out of you, and until they get what they want, they are very, very, very strong and very tough with you. And 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 this is also what makes an artist to become what uh, what is. I think if I didn't go, uh, if I didn't met uh, these people at the, at the beginning of my my life, my my career, let's say, I I wouldn't be the singer that I became. You know, after in, uh, through the years, uh, it, it was absolutely important for me to go through that, and I think that I was very lucky that so early, going out from Greece, I just almost searched to find something was in another style, of course, but it was similar of what I learned from my my big friends my, in, in in Greece. And it, it was very important. I didn't know what it was. I, I, I was singing, but I didn't know uh, what was to, to be a singer. So I learned it at the same time as, as I was traveling from one country to the other, especially meeting those wonderful people that I, I think that, that I wouldn't have existed as a singer if they were not there with me at a certain time. The influence for me, you know, it was even from singers like like uh, Joan Baez, you know, with with her style, because she 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 not only was a great singer, really, but also the the material that she she was singing was was so important, and she even sang a lot of uh, Mexican uh, traditional or South American songs. That I was, of course, I had other influences from the South American music and. Also from Spanish music, let's say that I, I had influences also from the classics and and uh, certain singers. But uh, she was there singing in English, of course. And then at the same time, it was this flavor that it was uh, Latin flavor, may I say. She she was very important for me, you know. Also.
One of the interesting things is the number of songs you've recorded in different languages. Greek, French, English, German. What has it been like to reach people in so many different countries with your music? Yes, I mean, when I started, for instance, the first time, you know, I like I say, I didn't mainly put in my mind, I, I will do that, so I will go there, I will do that, I go there. No, the first thing that happened was from Greece when I was. I received a call from Paris. In fact, that it was the general manager of the company, uh, Philips at the time, Fontana, who was interested because uh, in these days there was uh, never a Saturday film like this and some Greek music crossed the borders and then came to Europe somehow. So uh, so somebody, uh, Monsieur Azan was his name, he asked me to, to come to Paris. So he wanted to really to record me in Paris. And before I even do the recordings in Paris, I was invited in Germany. So he helped me to 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 go to Germany because he it was the same company anyway. Because Manos Hadzakis at the time he did a film uh, called the Greece Land of Dreams, and uh, and uh, I was the singer in it. I mean, it was not a film; it was just a documentary on Greece. Uh, with beautiful pictures from the islands and the people, and there was a music and a voice. And the voice, I was lucky to be the one. I sang five songs in this in this documentary, and this documentary went to to the Berlin Fest uh, Festspiele, and then they have chosen the company one or two I was invited of course in the evening of the of the the festival and they have chosen two songs that they wanted me to do in German of course at the time I didn't speak German but when they asked me if I could do it as I was used to sing uh, in English or French and I didn't speak a lot of the languages at the time but English and French and Italian because my mother it was from Corfu, but I, I liked the sounds, you know, so I was used to the sounds. So, so I said yes, of course. And, and and of course, when you go to the conservatory, because I was lucky to go to conservatory there with the opera, you get used to the languages somehow, the sounds because there are a lot of opera German. So I said yes. And I did the, the song, and within eight months, it was number one in the charts. The, the white rose, you know, that was the white rose of Athens. So what happened, once this success was really so big and I did interviews and things, I felt that I was really, it was a shame that I couldn't address myself to the people, I couldn't speak their language, and yet I had this success. So I said it's to me, to me, the, to do the effort to go to them, then they should. They cannot learn my language. I have to learn my language, their language, in in order to to sing for them. So simply like that, I started to study uh, German, and with the years, I I learned to, 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 of course to, to speak and everything. Also, I did a lot of things like this with the with the Italian. I used to speak a little bit, but I started to work more on that, more on the Spanish more on the English, and then, you know, slowly it grew up to, to sing other languages, and it was because also that, first of all, I needed to, if you are successful somewhere, you have to try to, 
to learn the language of the country. And, and it, it, it's a gentle gesture also, but it was a satisfaction to learn something about the cultures because with the music, you communicate in a different way with the people. There are no frontiers except of this, of the respect for the music, that's the borders, it's respect to the music, to the audience, to yourself as well. So so I continue, and I think this is why, like I said, it's like being a singer for me, it was not to be famous, but I was so lucky to work with some wonderful people and learn from other uh, other cultures, about the cultures, about to feel the cultures, to understand, and uh, and that was amazing for me, you know, it's, um, and I didn't force myself, it came naturally. It's very interesting, it's been written that you've recorded over 1,500 songs. Yes, I think it's close to, close to 2,000, something like that, yes, that I have. About 450 albums I've read. Yes, yes, but you have to think that it is fifty and so years because I said I, I did my first my first record in Greece. It was in uh, seventy. No, what I say? No, sorry. It was in fifty eight. Huh? Nineteen fifty eight. That was uh, the Hatino to Fegeraki, which was a Greek song. Uh, the, uh, Beautiful song that it became also as a symbol. It's a symbol for me because it's a very meaningful song, speaking about the truth. You see, so so and then since then, you know, there were times. Of course, at the beginning I did slowly the, the albums, but then there were years that that uh, because I was singing in languages, I had to do three albums which means one was in English, one in German, one in Spanish. Then the other year I have to do the French, the, the Greek, uh, you know, and Portuguese, or, uh, you, you, know, I, you know, that depends. Well, yeah, sometimes I had to do every year a German album or an English album. Uh, so so it, this is the reason why there are so many albums, because there are also the languages. And I remember when the, in the, it was, I think, 84 or 85, when, when, in the 80s anyway, when I did the Song for Liberty, then I, I, I had to record, it was a big hit here in Europe, and I had to record five albums in one year. Because they, they, it was such a big hit that every country wanted its own album, and, of course, the language. And, and the idea to do in another country, you cannot always do the same songs that you did in, in French, let's say, to take them and do them in Spanish or in English. No, you have to... This, for my producer, André Chappelle, is, 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 was really so uh, honest with it because we had to find also something that fitted with the country, you know, that you not all the all the people have the same feeling for the same song. It 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 can happen very and very often, especially with the Americans. You know, when it's in, in English, it can be the same song, success everywhere. But uh, other languages, it does not happen so often. You know, so so you have to 
to, to work differently and and to find a song that fitted also for the for the temper or let's say of the feelings of another country of the so this is why I I did so so many many records. And uh, of course, I was very lucky, like I say, that I grew up uh, as a singer and international as European, of course, not American, that they, they all, all sing in English and that's it. But, but uh, for me, I, I couldn't do that. It, it won't work. I didn't dare to do just an English album in Germany. The only thing I could do was to put a certain English song in English, yes but not the whole album. And this is why I have done so many albums. And uh, I was influenced, influenced from many, many artists around the world. So this is why it's such an extent repertoire and the styles. And of course, I did two or three albums in America, recorded over there. But of course, a lot it was done in Germany, a lot in English, or in France, or in Spain. I've read different reports, but it's been said that you've sold a lot of albums. Do you know how many albums you have sold worldwide? Well, I, I think they started to talk about uh, 200, 250 million, or I don't know, something like that. But then, you know, from mouth to mouth, sometimes it becomes 300. But I think it's rather... I mean, when they started 200, maybe it became 250. I, I don't know, something. I, I believe there has been a lot. And I tell you why. Because I I started, to, you know, my, my big time was the 70s. In, and I had many countries at the same time and, and many languages, of course, already. And it, it was very big because it... it the people they were selling a lot of records i had in in asia in uh, in uh, australia new zealand you know uh, in canada and of course in europe in scandinavia so when you think of all those countries at the big time when people used to buy a lot of records you know it's uh, this is why they have sold a lot of records because between the, the 70s and the 80s, the market was very, very, very big. So, so then it started to to slow down. I really, it was for me. Of course, I enjoyed it when I heard about it. But you know, when you live and you travel and you sing and you do, I, I never thought of the of the records of selling. And uh, I know I have a lot of golden and platinum at the time that they used to give us all those type of records. But, uh, you know, it was, la I think it was the fact that I lasted such a long time on the record business. And it, and I started at the beginning because, you know, the early 60s uh, started really to be big in, in Europe and then it grew up until the um, Later on, tell us about the latest album of duets, Rendezvous. Yes, uh, in my life, you know, I I, I did a lot of uh, duets. I mean, I started, like I say, with Harry. I did also Lady. I did, I did sing with other singers many, but it was never. Uh, it was not like I, I mean, 
when very big artists do a duet, there was a time that it was a big thing. Like, for instance, when Sinatra started, uh, Frank Sinatra started to, to do the duet, it was really huge, the, the appeal of this record. In fact, I have almost done a, a duet with Frank Sinatra, and the problem is that at the time, you know, it was a time that they have started already to do by phone or te telephone or, you know, you are in the studio, somebody in Los Angeles, and you are somewhere else, you know. So, and, and I, I thought this was impossible, and I refused really to do it because I just wanted to be next to the artist. Because it, it, for me, it, when you sing, you you have to share something with the artist. So I was so shy of doing that, and I didn't. But anyway, that's that's life. So so it was a big, and, I, and then, of course, it dropped down a little bit. But lately, after, you know, I started uh, 10 years ago, everybody does duets, you know, every, everywhere. The only person I didn't do yet, it was me. And last two years ago, it was, uh, no, it was last year, 2011, uh, all of a sudden, because I was, you know, I'm about 50 years with this, the same company, and uh, and last year they they said, okay, what about doing a, a record with duets? So so I said, okay, we would do that. Uh, why not? I mean, and I started to call some friends. So some they were able to come, some they couldn't come. But but so we did this album. But unfortunately, uh, we didn't finish right because there were a few songs that I wanted to do and I couldn't do them but anyway the, the album was finished and um and it, it it was very very it went accepted very very well and then we did uh, also a german version because we needed to have some german songs in it and now it's uh, we are working on the idea to do to do to have some more uh, included some more duets for English not to be because now it's not uh, it's mainly French at the beginning it was mainly French so again you know the problem comes that in every market you have to have more songs of the language so and this is why it's uh, it will be the third version of that we'll do international and we had a few songs there what do you want people to get from the experience of listening to your music I think what the, with my songs, I I think it's it's a question like I the feeling that I have when you sing a song when you hear a song it has to be a sort of uh, healing just to make you a little bit dream that to make a bit of the travel just to to be in another world and and just understand that uh, life may be hard but. Uh, it can be always better. I mean, it's just to give a hope. It's the hope that I have found myself in the songs, and and this is the feeling that that uh, I would like for the people to have that there, there is love somewhere, and you have to hope for this love. And love, it's not really only one person. It's 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 everywhere. There there are a lot of faces in love. You know, and you can have love, and you don't realize that it's there to help you you know it, it's just very human the humanity that i want to keep like the one i get 
And this is what I, I got from the audience as well. I sing my songs hoping that somebody will identify with this and, and in his own way and, and, and be happy. And, and this is because when they are happy, they give me also a lot of, of, of happiness. We, you know, and then and that is what it is. It, it's, uh, I think the singing is, it's a sort of, uh, it, it's not, it's not a destination to get to the, to the destination. It's, it's the voyage, you know, it's the, 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 the that you do. It's a trip that you do that that is important because on on this on this voyage you know you just have you cross roads and thorns and roses and and things but you you meet friends also and and you meet good, also good things and and this is what is is important after all to live is to meet people to to give love to receive love this I did myself with my singing but there are people who paint and do the same thing there are people who write a book or 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 a paper newspaper and then you know there there are a lot of ways of expression i mean you talk to the people on the radio is is doing exactly what i do with my singing it, it's it's a communication it's an exchange of of feelings you share also and 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 they give you by listening to you it's it's the answer that you were right in what you do and and the way you give it and and the real happiness i think it's 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 invisible somehow but it it's there you know my my point when i when i you know when when I speak about this journey is is because on the journey you have to look around and you are inspired. So I was inspired from my friends, from simple people as well. Sometimes that they will ask me, why don't you sing this song? And then I would listen to the song and, and if I like it, they say, okay, this is a good idea. Why not? I will sing it. This is an exchange in life. And uh, also you have to trust people. It's very simple. I mean, when I hear a song, sometimes I, you know, somebody say, if you sing this song, it will be a big hit. If I don't believe it, the song, I don't sing it, even if they promise me whatever they want, because it, it's not sure. Nobody knows what it is uh, to have a hit. What it, What you know is if you love it and if you sing it the right way that you feel to sing it, then maybe somebody will listen or maybe not. But this is a chance. This is the risk you get. But uh, when it comes to satisfy people, it's, it's uh, such a reward because you are also happy. What is the best thing about being Nana Muscuri? I think the best thing uh, that being me I think when I was a young girl, you know, I was wearing glasses. I was a big, fat girl. I was somehow rejected somehow. And the best thing is is that I always trusted myself. And I was trying to, to get better, though, to just to lose weight, to do something. But I started to do it for myself. 
But the only thing was the best thing for me was that I decided, to, so I am like this, I do what I can to be a little bit better because you go on stage and you have to be good for the people, is to say, stay sincere and real. Not to try to be, uh, pre, you know, pretending being somebody else, pretending to be something that, uh, to put up a face, let's say, to put up a, a stage person. Because if you don't believe in what to do another person, it, 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 it doesn't work. And, and me, I always wanted to be myself, and the people accepted me. So, so I think sincerity and honesty was, for me, the the best thing to be Nana Muscuri because this this is why I, I made so many friends and and they are still my friends and and I, I know they they are around for me is because I'm very sincere and they know I'm sincere to them and I'm sincere with my songs and with my work. If you could say one thing to our listeners all over the world, what would it be? It would be one word to thank you for being so loyal to me all these years. And what the audience around the world has given me was so important that brought me all through these years until today. And with this, I will go uh, to another world one day, whenever it happens, I will bring this love with me. And it's very sincere what I say. Because... All over the world, sometimes less, like in the United States, I have less listeners following that I have, for instance, in Canada or in Korea or, you know, or in some places. But it's the same everywhere, the same love that I receive. And this is a very sincere, honest loyalty that I I really appreciate very much. And and I must say that, that I know when they don't like a certain song and I I I know why, which means that I learn also from the people what it is good and not good for me. <laughs> so I learn from from the failures, let's say. But uh, I say thank you and I'm really I Thank you. It's it's really the the biggest word that, that like I can say to them. And of well, course, to wish them health. <laughs> to wish them health. About yes. I actually have one more question. You mentioned earlier how influenced you were by songs and movies. One of the songs you recorded is "Over the Rainbow." What made you decide to record that song? "Over the Rainbow." It's a song that I was singing, as I said, I grew up in a cinema, and it was the first song that influenced me. So when I when I was a, a little girl, you know, just I was going up the little stage of the cinema. My father was used to work, and it was an open-air summer cinema in Greece when it is warm, the weather, you know, they are outdoors. It's not a drive-in. It's just a, a small garden with trees around. It was. It was at the time because now everything changes. And so and there was a small stage, and over that stage I learned to sing Over the Rainbow. And when I asked it, I, uh, without music, without nothing, and when I asked, you know, my parents to try to explain to me, they couldn't speak English, so they went to a neighbor, so the neighbor explained me what it was. So 
I was going on stage and, and all the time it was if little birds can fly, why or why can't I? That was my symbolic, you know, uh, thing. So when I became a singer, it was still one of the songs that I was singing like a little girl would do, hoping that she would one day sing. This is why I say I, I call myself a singer for, for this reason. It was a dream to sing, but I didn't know professionally what it was singing. So when we went to, uh, when I went to New York, it was on the tape of, of, of that because we did about 20 songs with Quincy Jones. Uh, it was in 1962. Can you imagine? 50 years ago in New York and, uh, and in 42nd Street studio. The filler Ramon was, was, was the uh, the the engineer at the time of the of the studio, so I did about twenty songs, but there were only twelve songs that were on the record because Quincy uh, decided to have these the songs. And over the rainbow was recorded, but it was stayed there with the small group. It was with the quartet that we did it, and and it's a song that through the years I have been singing on my concerts all the time because I it comes a time at the end of the show it's everything so wonderful and so and I explained that my dream was to be up there on stage and sing like Dorothy and through the years I've learned from this song and from the film of course with the three guys that they were around with Dorothy you remember she had the dog she had the, the, the strongman, the lion, and the chin man. You, you've seen the film, no? Yes. So all my life, you know, at the beginning, I was, I was trying to figure out why there were these three guys around her on the road, on the yellow brick road, that she was going to find, to find love in life. So it became for me, a, a sort of of, of uh, not only a symbol but an aim or in life there are three things that you need to to become to be loved and to become somebody and this was the the heart that the lion needed the brain that the stroman needed if i only had a brain huh? and the courage that the, uh, the, no, it's the Tin Man that needed the heart. Tin Man needed the heart. And the lion needed the courage. Because you remember the lion was scared. So everything was trembling all the time. So, right. so somehow you, you understand that why this film, growing up, you know, over the rainbow, it was my dream to sing like the birds. And, and, uh, and then, then, you know, you have to have courage, you have to have the heart, not lose, and then, then you have to have a brain as well. You have to, to work right. And, and this is what, what I tried. And, you know, when I was, I started to become known and there was a lot of demand and I had to go for one, I always said to myself, I should never lose my heart. I just should never lose my, my uh, heart and my soul that I had when I was a young girl. And until today, I just have the same fears, anxieties, and when I go on stage, and it's 
it, every time it's a new 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 moment you know it's not and and I'm so careful about my notes about what I will do how I will sing because you know all this have stayed to me like it, it, it's always an internal beginning you know for for, for me and um, well it's and also I think for me when I was going on stage it was also like a small uh, psychoanalysis, let's say. I was singing to the people that were forgetting all my troubles. You know, I put them on the side and then without wanting. And, and because you are out there and you talk, you you express yourself. It's, it's what people missing in this world is to, to express themselves. And, and as I said, to express, you can make a beautiful cake. You express if you like to do that or to cook or to write, or to paint, or to uh, to make beautiful shoes, or to make beautiful gardens. I think this expression that people, when they do it the right way, if they believe in it, they are happy. So I became like like uh, Dorothy, uh, the young girl that I was. Through my singing, I have found in this world what is love, what is loyalty, what it is also satisfaction that your work that you're doing, you respect, and they respect you for what you do. And it was also also my singing that brought me closer to the children, and I work for UNICEF for, since 1993 now, and, and, and it, it's a great satisfaction to be able to to help to be there for people and, and, and do what you can to ease their pain or to look out after the future of the children because they are the future of our world. So working with UNICEF was very rewarding for me as well. It helped my singing as well. Well, I can tell you I very much enjoyed doing this interview. I appreciate it a lot. Thank you very much. It's been an honor. Thank you for listening to the Paul Leslie Hour. If you enjoy these interviews, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the podcast. You can help us by listening on the free Radio Public app. The show can also be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, or Overcast. For more information, visit thepaulleslie.com or follow on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, all at thepaulleslie. The Paul Leslie Hour theme song is performed and composed by Jeff Pike. Outro music is performed and composed by John Goodwin. See you next time on The Paul Leslie Hour.